I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. World War One, where we were actually using acoustic array. And those one are just fantastic. If you check it online, they were actually like horn with many different kind of horn and then be able to you know steer physically left and right to be able to identify okay. where planes were coming from and the idea was the same because instead of doing it in the in the acoustic in the radio domain you do it in the acoustic domain so it's good for people to kind of get in the head angle of arrival because that is basically where the standards are going uh, and you guys are at the cutting edge in terms of commercializing that but um, you know, let's look in our crystal ball. Uh, you know, my my guess is that eventually this will be in the standards. How how does that place Cooper when when that's standardized? Why don't I track the shopping cart and shopping basket where they are present in the store? Because in that way, I actually can know 100% of what is happening in my store. Yes. You're listening to The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Ecosystem with Steve Stadler. Good points well made and you've definitely kind of, I think, established the value. I would actually like one of those receivers just to have it in my office because it looks cool, not because I need yeah. to track anything. But how much do they cost? So the Cooper Tag is a device, as I said, uh, uh, that is a reference device. So. Yeah. So Coupa practically built this as an example. Yeah. The Coupa tag starts at 25 euros each, and then the price goes down with volume to like 20, 15 and so. Okay. But uh, I really wouldn't use this one, to be honest, as a reference of the cost, because we have already, and if you go to our webpage, we have three companies uh, listed there under the Coupa ecosystem, and in total we have nine company building already their own tags. Yeah. Um, some example is Fujitsu. Fujitsu is one of our partner into the IoT and uh, ecosystem work. And uh, and they, they have... Okay, uh, so the tags sounds like you're kind of on the same ballpark as the rest of the market. There's nothing like special that makes them super duper expensive. But those receivers, and we haven't actually talked about how they work. I do want to do that, but just how much? Yeah. Do the, what's what's the kind of the ballpark range for those? Just so that people, I think people are assuming that this is like a Maserati time, kind of price tag. So uh, uh, well, I'm bracing myself. <laughs> so the it, so the device 
itself, like for instance a locator, yep. the price of the locator really goes uh, down significantly with the volume. Sure. So for instance, one locator, a single locator alone, MSRP reseller price is 450 euros. But then if you already are going to go for 100, then it goes down to 325 and then it climbs down very rapidly. But starting so, off at 400, so we're talking about sort of six, 700 bucks at the volume one. Uh, roughly one, which yeah. is, uh, if you like, the cost of a professional access point nowadays. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so what? Why are they so big? What is it that is special about the design of those uh, those receivers, those sensors? Well, the locator itself are um, are devices which can be power over Ethernet. So one cable only provide power and connectivity. Okay. They are devices that in some cases they can also accept the 12 volt DC as an external power supply. And uh, they are devices that co contains an antenna array. So this antenna array is like the lens in a camera. And, uh, and that's what allowed our device not just to receive the signal, but to be able to pinpoint to which direction the signal is actually coming from. Okay, so yeah, how many individual elements are there in one of those things? It, it, it varies. So as I said, we have different designs for okay. that. And typically, the more elements you have, the more you are able to kind of focus far uh, in, the, in the view. Okay, well, you got three whole pages in the book, um, and I kind of gave an example of a very early phase antenna array, which is probably not doing you guys justice, but uh, during World War II, then uh, both sides were using that technology to try and figure out the, uh, the vector of uh, approaching aircraft and so forth. So it's, it's, it's a different thing, but it's kind of a similar point. It's actually, it's cool. I, I've been using in my PhD thesis uh, some picture from the World War I, where we were actually using acoustic array. And those one are just fantastic. If you check it online, they were actually like horn with many different kind of horn and then be able to, you know, steer physically left and right to be able to identify okay. where the planes were coming from. And the idea was the same because instead of doing it in the, in the, acoustic, in the radio domain, you do it in the acoustic domain. And actually, if you think about it, the locator is something that you can think it I mean every one of us has an antenna ray inbuilt into their head are your ears. So the reason why if you close your eyes you can tell where someone is talking around you is simply because by having two antennas you are actually able to process with your brain the direction from which the signal comes from. That's what the locator does. The locator does that, but in the radio domain. It can process the direction. And so the phase is basically kind of where the signal is in that rising and falling. And so if you have two antennas uh, and they're looking at the same signal, then basically uh, the, the speed, uh, the difference in, in space is such that the phase will have changed when, it, when the signal goes past one element to the other. And from that you do a of simple trigonometry, I'm sure, and you can figure out the <laughs> yeah, there are a couple of more steps in between. Oh, okay. I, I come from the signal processing world. And okay, I didn't that, do it justice. But that's, yeah, that's, no, how I, that's how I've kind of explained it to myself. And I feel like I, that's enough <laughs> that I, I need to know. If you, seen, uh, if you go online, uh, there is uh, a cartoon picture 
that is called, and then the miracle happens. And uh, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's at least very well known in the, in the signal processing community. And there is uh, one student writing on the blackboard and teaching and uh, telling to his professor how he came to a certain result. So there is some formula at the beginning, then there is a cloud that says, and then a miracle happens. And then at the end, there is the result. And then there is a professor that points to the cloud and says, I think you should be a little bit more accurate in here. <laughs> so that's what Cooper does. We can make the miracle happen. That's, that's good. And uh, I mean, I think it's really timely. Um, so it's good for people to kind of get in the head angle of arrival because that is basically where the standards are going. Uh, and you guys are at the cutting edge in terms of commercializing that. But um, you know, let's look in our crystal ball. Uh, you know, my my guess is that eventually this will be in the standards. How how does that place Cooper when when that's standardized? How does, how so, does that affect you? I mean, we we are very excited of the standard to come, and as a matter of fact, we have been uh, among one of the company contributing into that already in the very early stage. And we have been following uh, then the past year very closely what uh, uh, the BTSIG and all the standardization bodies within Bluetooth have been working on. There is a working group called Direction Finding Working Group, and I think that they have done a, a very good job, a tremendous work in trying to put to pull together all the string and trying to come up with uh, a very comprehensive uh, standard. Uh, protocol that could be used and adopted. So we are looking forward for when the standard would be uh, ready. And when that happens, we will just make all of our product fully compliant with the standard. It would be very, very straightforward to do that. It seems like your solution is really focused on asset tracking, right? As opposed to um, wayfinding for people with smartphones. Is that correct? Well, okay, so if at the first part of the interview I told you 20%, so far we have reached the 40%, maybe 45 okay. So now I can open the other chapter, that is the mobile tracking part. So the, the Coupa devices, the Coupa technology, we can actually track mobile devices in the same accuracy as we are tracking tags. Because since Android uh, 5, and, uh, and uh, iOS have opened the manufacturer-specific API. So every um, application software um, provider can actually build an app that effectively can make the mobile device into a broadcast, into a beacons. And by making it into a beacons, it means that now you can uh, include into the payload of such beaconing signal the training sequence that you need in order to be positioned with high accuracy. That's what we call tag emulation. So practically, we have at Cooper some open specification which describes in a few lines of code how to actually build uh, such, uh, uh, such application. And therefore, if we go into an environment now, let's take the warehouse or the retail space that we were discussing before, uh, you could practically have a shopping cart and shopping baskets where you have attached inexpensive tags for being able to track their position in real time. But at the same time, the locator can track the position of the mobile phone, which are running an app, and all with the same accuracy and the same delay. 
And so that, but that's not passive. We're not talking, this is not like Cisco would kind of have a less accurate Wi-Fi tracking that is just the fact that you've got Wi-Fi on is good enough for them. What you're talking about is someone who's downloaded an app, which is a, maybe a retailer or an enterprise app, and it's it's kind of driving the radio to use the sequence that you've talked That's about. That's absolutely right. I mean, we are not doing the kind of sniffing of opportunistic communication. Right. Also because uh, we want to really be able to identify who is who, because yeah. we want to track that object. We are not looking uh, at knowing how many devices are in a certain area and uh, or kind of uh, passively trying to figure out how someone is moving between the different area. We are talking about having, for instance, mobile application where in a retail store someone could get discounts, location-based advertisement, or in a museum get location-based information, or in an industry environment get real-time hazard notifications as soon as they would access a certain area where they are not supposed to be. Okay. So, so let's um, let's kind of get into the home straight, wrap things up by talking a little bit about the market. So uh, you've now relocated. So you you were based in Finland, which I think is where the company the company came out of, like Nokia R and D folks. Is that right? You're all kind of research type people. Yeah, I mean the founding team of Coupa, uh, we were working in uh, in Nokia, and all of us, including myself, I was a principal researcher in Nokia Research Center. Yeah. Uh, I have wonderful memories from that time, and uh, at one point in time in 2012, uh, we practically span out of Nokia, and uh, we took uh, our baby with us. So the technology that we have been uh, concepting, uh, early prototyping, and uh, developing through through the years, it's practically what we have been. Uh, um, Repackaged and restructured and recreated uh, for becoming a full uh, scalable product, and that's what Coupa is selling nowadays. So, does Nokia have a stake in your company? What's the kind of the equity structure? Are you self-funded or? Uh, you... Coupa is a, is a private company, so we oh. are. It's one of the things that we are still uh, quite happy, I have to say, about that. So, we have been able to grow. Uh, very organically from uh, the early days and uh, we we had had uh, business in the US uh, from the very beginning so as a matter of fact our first deal was uh, was in the US close to Boston our first commercial deal so the the business in the US has always been very positive for us and we have seen a very steadily and positive growth throughout the years uh, but then uh, last uh, last end of last year, beginning of next year, we have seen that growth become uh, over exponential. So we have uh, hit the time in which uh, a lot of the project that we were running uh, at the early stages as demo and then became pilot and uh, and then became an advanced pilot or an extended pilot they, they they were on the verge of turning into commercial and that's where we felt that it was very important to uh, to build a local presence of Coupa into the United States to be able to stay closer and to work closer with our existing partner uh, and to be able to uh, better support them on their everyday activities and also to be able to get in contact with other companies 
and uh, other uh, potential partners with whom we would be more than happy to discuss and find it. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Way to work together. And it just seemed like you have, right from the start, you've been very um, partner-orientated. You're not kind of one of these companies. And I think you've maybe paid a little bit of a price for that. I think your approach has been more channel-orientated, where you work with uh, an intermediary who can kind of understand your technology and, 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 and create solutions. And I don't think there's a, a right or a wrong answer. And maybe your approach is, is just a function of the level of, you know, this is not just stick a one beacon that costs uh, 50 bucks or 25 bucks or whatever in there. There's some, you know, there's some operational details that we need, need to be thought about. But my, I'm not sure what the question is, but it seems like your, your approach is more channel solution focused. Is that a fair comment? That, that's absolutely right. So we operate through, through channel partners. And uh, so Coupa, uh, we are really... You know, we understand technology and uh, we, we are able to build technology. And that's the kind of domain where we feel comfortable to operate. So we have always wanted to remain as an horizontal player, horizontal across different geographical markets, uh, different vertical markets, and be able to build on a complete platform that could go from the hardware to the software, software application tool, monitoring, and a few others are coming along as the time will go. We have been launching just recently what we call the Coupa Data Player, and, uh, and there are other interesting tools coming in uh, very soon into the market. But all of these tools, very practically, are really built for making this platform more complete, more scalable, and easier to use. And what we do, we practically want to deliver such platform to the domain expert, to the kind of landmarks into their own market. We don't want to compete with them. So they, we, we believe that, that the indoor space and the indoor market is, is huge. And this is not just indoor, because as I said, we also can track objects outdoor. So if we talk about the whole location market beyond the, somehow the GPS, uh, it, it, it's tremendously huge and uh, and it's so big that uh, uh, there is not really one company that could uh, embrace it all by itself. So there are a lot of very interesting partners and uh, companies that uh, 
are scattered across the geographical areas and across the vertical markets. And we, we really would like to work with all of them. We would like to provide them a component that they could just, you know, use, take, use, and build on top of that without having to, um, to somehow worry of how does it work, why does it work. It just needs to be easy. It just needs to be something that is almost plug and play. So that's interesting. So, and I think that maybe is the secret to your organic growth as well. Um, and the Beaker system, I look upon it as a really amazing soap opera with all the different companies have different characters. And so you guys have got this design aesthetic. It's kind of a little bit more cerebral, less amped up. And, 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 uh, um, and I think you were kind of removed because you had that Nordic base. But now here you are in the States. And so... I'm looking forward to seeing the partnerships that develop, and it's obvious that you'd be a good fit for people who are in the app space above the the, the beacon technology. Would you ever consider partnering one of, with one of the other big beacon guys, where you know their beacons have a Cooper mode, and uh, you provide the uh, uh, the locators? Is that or is that just too a step too far? I mean, it, it's absolutely not too far at all, and we actually are in discussion already with companies that build beacons okay. uh, across the, the, the world. I mean, we have discussion with companies in the U.S., but also in, in Europe and in other parts. Um, I mean, one, one company that uh, uh, recently we, we started to, to work with, uh, it's for instance a company called Blue Up, and uh, Blue Up has always been... Uh, uh, building just beacon device, right? Or be really focalizing on trying to build different beacons with different mechanics, different time light battery, and so on. And they they realize that uh, that uh, that uh, these beacons, why do they need to be just static? They could actually become a mobile mm-hmm. uh, device. And if uh, now that they become a mobile device because attached to mobile objects, uh, if uh, without changing anything in the hardware or in the design, which is very costly to, to do, but simply by adding a few lines of coding to the firmware, they could give a second life to this device. Well, that's beneficial for, for everybody. So we really want to be just an enabler for, for, for other people and play into, into an ecosystem where everyone could build his value across the value chain. And, uh, and we really want to be, we see ourselves like an engine in the car. That's the example that we usually give. You know, we are the engine. We can be the sole engine into your car. Or if you have a big truck, there can be several engines. And, uh, and our direct customer, which are system integrator and solution provider, they're actually the one that built the car. And uh, they are the one that can decide the, the color. They can decide whether it's a sport car or a family car or a van depending on the needs that the end customer is going to have. So, and we are more than happy to take all the feedback that our partner brings to us to try to enrich and expand and make our platform even easier to be adopted and used. Okay, I've got to, this is maybe getting more controversial than we normally get on this, this show, but there was a, an article which, where a journalist quoted the CEO of Euclid, you know, the analytics, retail analytics company, and I don't know whether he actually, the CEO of Euclid, said this, but basically the tagline is Bluetooth beacons are dead. And I, I you know, what's your reaction to that? Would you, would you agree with that? Well, it's definitely an interesting title. Um, beacons are dead. 
Well, I, I think the defense on the point of view. I think that, uh, uh, I don't think that they are dead. They might be changing skin, you know, it's like a snake. They might be changing skin and become something else, but the core functionality might still be the same. I think that Bluetooth and Bluetooth Low Energy uh, technology will have a very long life uh, ahead of them. Um, because uh, I think that the, the, the general Bluetooth low energy technology is getting so much more enriched with the new feature that the BTC is now uh, releasing out. Uh, and, uh, and I think that once uh, also the possibility to do uh, directional estimation will come out, is going to be something that could be very disruptive for many different verticals. And, uh, and the fact that the Bluetooth devices are already so much use into everyday objects from uh, uh, my headset to my loudspeakers that I have just here on the desk to my PC and tablet phone um, it's it's just incredible so I believe that more and more devices are coming and uh, uh, leveraging on the volume of production that's also what is actually driving the cost significantly down one thing that uh, I heard from the market is, is, is for instance, uh, an interesting uh, uh, discussion related to passive RFID versus active RFID. Mm -hmm. Because nowadays, a lot of company in logistics or so, they actually use passive RFID, which are simple, you know, very inexpensive and very effective stickers. Exactly. And, and, and I think that our passive technology will probably still have a very long life because there is a lot of needs for that. But at the same time, also in logistics and industry, there are certain objects that might be a little bit more valuable than others. And those objects, uh, maybe someone is willing to spend per tag instead of one cent or ten cents, maybe a buck or, or five bucks. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, but at the same time, be able to get to know much more about the device that has been tagged and not just in terms of position or monitoring how it moves around the space but also in terms of sensor data and the sensor data is something that in some industry is pretty crucial to know the temperature the humidity oh, yeah. whether it's moving or not moving that's what opens the door to all of these kind of uh, new features and I don't think anyone's arguing that Bluetooth is dead, or, or, or and and really, I think in this case he was thinking about beacons in retail and specifically um, the interaction between beacons and consumers and the ideas of getting kind of aisle level, product level alerts. And um, you know, I, he's I'm sure dealing with a lot of retailers, and so he's got a very informed perspective, but. And I think his point is almost, okay, the technology can do this, but do his point is people aren't getting their phones out whilst they're shopping. And so, you know, there's always a, some truth to, to these things, but I, I, I disagree publicly on Twitter with that because what I'm seeing is there are companies that are making money on this. There's broad beacon deployments by retailers and sure, most of it is presence in the store, but are you seeing retailers who are interested in aisle level accuracy as, as opposed to just presence in the store, which is really where 90% of the activity has been, I think, up until now? Yes. So we have seen actually a change in trend from the retailer from the past year. Uh, 
to today. So in the past, what, three to five years, it's absolutely true that a lot of retailers have been um, have been experimenting by using Beacon and actually using them even commercially on an everyday basis by relying on the communication with the mobile phone of the of the people and so. And you know, also in the retail domain, there is a lot of colors in there, meaning that there are small retailer, big retailer, there is grocery store with respect to, you know, clothing industry retailers, very different environments. But what, what we have noticed is that uh, um, even though I don't believe it's going to die, the, the beaconing part, because I still believe that there would be a use for someone with his phone to know the proximity and the distance and be able to have some actionable information. The retailer are also noticing that uh, uh, there is no enough incentive, incentive for the uh, for the end user, like me, when I go to the store, to actually pop up my phone and using an app in order to enhance my experience, my shopping experience. And that is actually something that is hurting them because that means that out of 100 visitors that they have, they only capture information of less than 10% of it. And, and that's something that is not potentially good enough to be able to really draw long-term and large statistics. Mm-hmm. So what we have been engaged with is the trend that, okay, I eventually also want to go to the phone of the user, but why don't I track the shopping cart and shopping basket where they are present in the store? Mm-hmm. Because in that way, I actually can know 100% of what is happening in my store. Yes. And, and, and already with that information, in, in a kind of passive and anonymous way, mm-hmm. or who moves where, you can already provide information for uh, brands, uh, for the store owner, for the store chain, on, you know, hotspot, cold spot, uh, dwell time, uh, kind of pass-through, and direction of motion within the aisle, uh, be able to create zones that are smaller and smaller and smaller. And, uh, and you do all of this simply by having the locators on the ceiling. So the locator gives you some meter accuracy. So effectively, you can actually build the zones that are one meter wide or even less in certain area. And then you can build all the analytics uh, uh, based on top. So I don't believe that there is going to be a black and white. I think that uh, there is definitely a trend change in to be able to uh, do more the asset tracking part and uh, but but uh, I, I believe that the beacon will will still be a very interesting compo- complementary component into the lo- location-based service domain. Well, Fabio, thanks so much. We've covered a lot of ground. Um, welcome to America. Uh, congratulations on the success. You, you, your company is doing some really. Uh, very exciting things and uh, love to see the partnerships as they develop and do do stay in touch with us. Please. I'm, uh, thanks a lot for the chance and for the interview. It was great talking to you. And uh, if anyone has any question, please do not hesitate to reach out to us. Very good. You guys got some good... Um, Artwork done done with your selection of font for your name. How did that, <laughs> yeah. how did that come about? 
Well, the our creative director is very creative. Yeah. <laughs> so actually, our creative director got full on board working with us about uh, a year and a half, almost two years ago. Uh -huh. But he has been with us from the very beginning. So when we founded Coupa, um, he's a personal friend of our CEO, Kimo. Uh -huh. And one evening he was having dinner in his family and the Kimo was... Uh, sharing with him the name of the company yeah. and the guy just started to spin the wheel in his mind and he spent a few hours at night time until 3 a.m. drawing different uh, fonts and then the next day we actually got an email and said this is gonna be your fonts. This is gonna be your logo. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a beautiful font, and it kind of evokes the shape of the receiver that you have. So that's it's kind right. Of, the idea know. was that uh, the locator is like circular. Yeah, yeah. And then we have uh, the little tick, which basically uh -huh. uh -huh. shows the direction of direction. the HD. Yeah. And, uh, it's also the side planner and deployer tool. We have this kind of similar kind of icon. Very nice. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.